Gittin Perik Ches Mishnehei 8.5. This Mishnah has a lot to say. The most basic uh, message is that the rabbis have certain requirements regarding Gittin, and if a get doesn't conform to those requirements, even if the get is just Pasal Madur Rabbanan, rabbinically invalid, still the rabbi said, after the fact, it's too late, all the benefits that were afforded this woman um, from any new marriage she had will be lost to her, including receiving the payments of the Ksuba. Her children from that marriage would be considered mamzerim, even if the divorce was kosher, midoraisa, and so on. So the point is here, the rabbis are not messing around when they expect you to conform to their rabbinic requirements for Gitan. So the first part of the Mishnah here is talking about the dating of a get. So there really are two separate rabbinic enactments that this is um, predicated on. The first is the rabbi said you have to put a date on a get. That's not a Doraisa requirement, but it is a requirement Medurabanan. So how should one date his get? There's a separate rabbinic requirement, which was um, in recognition of the way things were in the times of the Mishnah, where the local authorities, like the local government under which the Jews found themselves, use a special dating system which was peculiar to their particular rulers, like, let's say, you know, the third year of the emperor so-and-so. And um, the Jews were expected, by rabbinic enactment, to make their contracts conform with the same kind of um, system, meaning they'd, you know, give a nod to the local authorities and say, oh, our contract is also based on whatever year of such-and-such an emperor. So, therefore, if you would refer to a different dating system from a different empire, a different, you know, kingdom, where you're giving you know, priority or interest to a different ruler, that might be an offense to your local ruler, which could jeopardize the Jews, and therefore, for the sake of promoting peace, um, the rabbi said, we are going to date our contracts not according to any Jewish traditional dating, but rather to the local dating system. And if you don't do that, your your get is rabbinically invalid. Now, just on the halakha lamaisa point of this, for many centuries, the local authorities haven't used any such dating system. The world uses a system they don't care about too much, you know, the Gregorian system, let's call it. Um, you know, so that that being the case, uh, the Jews have reverted back to doing all their contracts um, worldwide based on um, the dating system, the traditional Jewish dating system, going back to the creation of, of uh, Adam Rishon. Um, so, in any case, but here the Mishnah says, Kasav If you were in a jurisdiction, in an empire, other than the Roman Empire, let's say you're in the, whatever, you're in the Babylonian Empire, and you... Um, dated your get based on the dating system that the Romans used, so such and such a year of, let's say, the Roman emperor or so-and-so. So then that's going to be not valid, for the reason I just explained. The Mishnah, however, just uses a funny expression. It takes a swipe at the Romans by calling them a malchus she'enahogenes, which means a king show, a kingdom that is not worthy of the title. And um, based on the Gemara, the Bartonor here comments, because the Romans don't even have a, um, a language or a script of their own. They appropriated it from somebody else, and therefore they're not even worthy of the title of being a nation, because the Jewish concept of a nation is one that has a national expression through its national language, which expresses the sort of the ethos of the of the culture of that nation. Exactly what that means, um, historically speaking, I'm not perfectly sure. It seems that the Latin alphabet, which is pretty much the alphabet that we use in English, um, probably came from the Etruscans, who were you know, 500,000 years before the time of the Mishnah in northern Italy. And before that, that came really from the Phoenicians and like the Jewish alphabet. That's why ABC is like Aleph, Bet, close to Gimel, Alpha, Beta, Gamma, and so on. Delta, D, Dalid, the fourth letter, and so on. Um, as far as the language Latin itself, so again, its origins are sort of not clear. Seems to have been like the local language in the around Rome once upon a time, long ago, who knows. 
In any case, um, its origins are called into question here, and therefore they're not worthy of being taught, called a nation. Similarly, Lashum Malchus Madai, if you would date your get um, based on the dating of the Median kingdom, remember, Madai was unified um, under Cyrus the Great and disappeared as part of like the the Persian Empire. The, so so it's no longer been an empire, but the point is you still might offend the local empire, and therefore you can't do it. The Shumalchus Yavan, same goes um, for the Greek Empire. The Greek Empire basically fell apart after, you know, in the, in the 4th century after the death of Alexander the Great. But in any case, that's that's 500 years before the Mishnah. But anyways, again, same kind of idea. Levinian Habayas, even if you don't date it to any particular empire, but just you date it based on the date in which the base of English was built, Still, that could be offensive to local authorities. Or Lechuvan Habayas, you date it from the number of years since the destruction of the base of Mekdash. Again, you would think maybe they wouldn't care. There's no one, you know, it's not, not giving anyone any nod to any authority. But the point is you're not giving authority to, or a nod to the local authorities. So that's offensive, and therefore the get will not be valid. As the mission will say, it's only Midrabun, perhaps, but still the rabbis meant it. The get's not valid, and the consequence of not being valid will be spelled out in just a moment. Similarly, Hayab Mizrach Vakasab Bamarav or Bamarav Vakasab Mizrach, if the location of the witnesses um, is incorrectly set forth in the get, so you know the so forth, let's say in you know in in the western location and the Adam in the eastern location, and he wrote it like based on his local location in the west, and the Adam actually stands in the east, that looks like they're signing something false, you won't be able to find them, etc. It's, it's prone to being, you know, um argue that, oh, those people weren't in that place at that time, and therefore it couldn't be a valid signature, and so on, and therefore it's going to be rabbinically invalidated. In all those cases, therefore, teitze mize umize, the woman who got this rabbinically invalidated get, um, who, if she went and married another man, so she is living with Mr. B, but the rabbi said midrabban, and she was never divorced from Mr. A, and therefore we look at this marriage to Mr. B as being like adultery, so therefore, she can't stay with Mr. B because adultery makes it that she can't stay with that adulterer. She can't stay married to Mr. A because we're saying that they are divorced. I mean, whatever, the rise, they are divorced. And once um, a woman who is divorced from her husband sleeps with another man, she can't go back to the... and marries him, she can't go back to the first husband. So anyways, the point is, she can't stay married to either one. She has to get divorced from both of them. Ve'en ksuba. She hasn't got the benefits of her ksuba. So let's say, you know, she was promised 200 zoos from her... I call it her second husband, so then um, she doesn't get that necessarily because she forfeited her ksuba. Vulo peros, the benefits of peros that come from marriage are no longer applicable. So, for example, this is a benefit could be for him. You know, the husband is allowed to have usufruct rights. She brings in property. He can, if she brings in a field, he can plant on it and eat the fruit, whatever, or sell the fruit. Um, he would have to reimburse her because it wasn't he didn't have rights to it after all because their marriage wasn't a marriage. Love Mazonos, he doesn't have obligations to reimburse, let's say, if she ran up a bill at the grocery store. He's not to pay back her bill because he wasn't obligated to feed her because it wasn't his wife. Love the worn-out clothing, let's say, that are... It can come both ways, really, the truth is. But let's just say um, she brought in clothing and he and got worn out while they're married. She can't ask for a refund if he was using the tablecloth or something like that. Vloze, um, excuse me, alze, alze. And that goes, everything cuts both ways. Meaning, both the first husband and the second husband's ksuba benefits are annulled, and therefore she kind of gets nothing, they kind of get nothing, as the case may be. Vimnat and whatever was given, like erroneously, under this, what we thought was a legitimate marriage, but it wasn't, so it has to be given back. Everything has to revert back. 
and let the chips fall where they may. The point is we're not recognizing this new marriage at all. Not only that, but if she has a child from, let's say, the, the second marriage, or if she goes back to the first husband again, from the first husband after the second marriage, we'll call all those children, children that were born um, as a function of essentially an adulterous relationship in this case, and that would be um, the consequences of the child's a mamzer, so they're all the children are mamzerim, even though maybe it's only mamzer, they're abundant, the rabbis are saying, no, too bad, we're making them a mamzer. If it happened to be that these husbands, A and B, were both, or either was a Kohen, so the rule is that a Kohen can't expose himself to to um, corpse, Tuma, Tuma's mace, except for his seven relatives, the seventh of those seven relatives being his, his spouse, his wife. So here we're saying since they were married, so if in the meantime she died, before either of the divorce were completed, even if the divorce is only derisor, they're abundantly required, doesn't matter. The point is, Rabbi saying the husbands have to assume they're not married to her, and therefore, they can't go to her funeral or become tummy for her. Neither husband is entitled to keep what she finds. Usually there's a rule that Midrabanan, if a wife finds something for the sake of promoting peace to her and her husband, it's supposed to go into the family budget and he can get access to it. But here, since they weren't really married, we say we don't care if there's bad blood between them, he'll just divorce her, but he has to divorce her anyways, and therefore she found something, the winning lottery ticket, she can keep it for herself. Similarly, there was basically a, an idea that the husband's supposed to support the wife, but she's supposed to work and contribute to the family budget. Um, she actually could decline that if she wants, but the point is if she did work, um, and then we're saying after all they weren't married, since he didn't have to support her, she doesn't have to, keep his, she doesn't have to give him her proceeds of her labor, so she keeps it for herself, or she gets it back. The husband has no rights to have canceled um, her her vows, so if he did, that would be said, no, that wasn't a valid cancellation, etc. If she was uh, not from a Kohen family, she now becomes forbidden to marry a Kohen. And Baslevi min just as we say she can't marry a Kohen because she, I'm sorry, I shouldn't, one at a time. She can't marry a Kohen because now she's considered to be a Zona, a woman who has a relationship with a man that carries with it a car's penalty, for starters, um, or other forbidden relationships, so she can become a Zona. And since this woman slept with husband number two when she was still legally married to number one, at least with her bun, um, so therefore she's a Zona. So if, let's say, for example, before any further divorces happen, lightning strikes these guys down, so now she's supposedly an almana, and though she's an almana, a widow, but also a zona, therefore she can't marry a Cohen. Now, bas levi mina miser, if she is from a levi family, she can't eat miser anymore. This seems to be a rabbinic penalty to her um, for becoming a zona, but it's a bit of, it's a chiddush. And bas Cohen mina truma, same goes kind of the kovachoma from the previous. If she is from a Cohen family, she can't eat truma. Ven yorshav shelzev, yorshav shelzeh, yorshin ksubasa. And her heirs don't collect on her ksuba. Now, that's not talking about the main ksuba payments, because we already said before that she gets no ksuba payments. Um, but there were other provisions in the ksuba, like the Benin Dichrin um, rabbinic enactment that is included in the ksuba, which basically says that if she brought stuff into a marriage, so her direct, her, her, her blood descendants will be her heirs of her stuff, not her like stepchildren. So that's sort of revoked. The, and the Kiddush is, that's, that's an additional provision of the ksuba. The imesu. Now, if the husbands die before she can get a divorce from them, and let's say the husbands had no children, so living 
descendants. So now the halachas of Yibam kick in. So we're not going to let her do Yibam with either of her brothers-in-law because we're saying really like Richard's marriage is a mess and maybe she actually wasn't married anyways. So it'd be an Isra the Raisa. And therefore we say she has to still deal with her Zika, her bond to her brothers-in-law, but they're just rebund nature. And therefore, um, uh, we say here, Achiv Shalzeh v'Achiv Shalzeh Cholzin. Both of the brothers go through with the Chalitza part of it. Velom Miyabmin, but they cannot do Yibum because really she's off limits to them both. The Doraim or the Rabbanan. Um, period. So now that's that. Now the next part of the Mishnah, it's a Machlokus in the Mefarshim. If these are now Doraim or Durabanan invalidations, let's just say Durabanan first. Keep it really simple here and make it consistent with the rest of the Mishnah. Um, meaning Shina Shmo Shma. If the Sofer um, changed or deviated from his or her name. So the Rabbana would say if we have, you know, a deviation from like the usual name that's used, but not a totally wrong name. Um, if it would be a totally wrong name, that would be the Rice and someone that's the Pshar in the Mishnah. Shem Iro Shem Ira. Um, again, we need to know the identity of these people. So if the the sofer got it wrong and identified a different person from a different town, that would be a Sul Duraisa. But if it's just like he changed the name of the what's usually called to um but another another name, you know, lots of names lots of cities have two different names. So he's supposed to use the, the current name if he uses the wrong name or unfamiliar name. So it's the rabbanon puzzle, but the point is still puzzle. So again, Tate if you got a rabbinically or maybe Doraisa puzzle get, again she'll have to get divorced from both of the husbands, getting gitten from both of them. The old and new, and all of the different penalties we enumerated previously in the Mishnah all kick in, in this scenario as well. Maybe it's all the more so the Raisa or simply in Durabanan. And this expression here of Hadrachim Ha'eluba that will show itself again in the upcoming Mishnayas.